2 Samuel chapter 2 this morning. Uh, let us stand, beginning in verse number 17. And there was a very sore battle that day, and Abner was bat- uh, beaten and the men of Israel before the servant of David. And there were three sons of Zariah. There was Joab, Abishaniah, and Abishel. And Abishel was light of foot as a wild robe. That means he was like, he was fast. And Abishel pursued after Abner. And going and he turned not to the right hand nor to the left from following Abner. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Art thou Abishel? And he said, I am. And Abner said unto him, Turn thee aside to thy right hand or to the left, and lay thee a hold one of the young men, and take thee his armor. But Abishel would not turn aside from following him. And Abner said again to Abishel, Turn thee aside from following me, wherefore should I smite thee in the ground, to the ground? How then should I hold up my face to thy Joab thy brother? Howbeit he refused to turn aside, Wherefore Abner, with the hinder end of the spear, smote him under the fifth rib, that he, the, the spear came out behind him, and he fell down there and died in the same place. And it came to pass, and I'll get this, and it came to pass that as many as came to that place where Ashel fell down and died, stood still. Stood still. Let us pray this morning. Father, we just ask you, Lord, to touch our hearts this morning. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. Help us to uh, seek your words, and Lord, apply it to our lives that we live according to the word of God. And Father, we just praise you today. Empty myself and fill with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. To, to catch you up to this point where we just read in the Bible, a couple of chapters prior, in 1 Samuel 31, the king has died. Saul was the king at the time, and God allowed him to be slain for his rebellious against God and the word of God at the hands of the Philistines. The Bible said now the kingdom is split. They split up because the servant of Saul is General Abner, who wants to take Saul's son, appoint his son to, to be the next king. And then there are those that the uh, uh, rest of them was uh, wanting to follow David because uh, he was God's chosen and God anointed. And now we find the two parties uh, are warring over who will gain power and the trust of the country and the people of the throne. And the Bible said the servant of David won the fight. Now here in 2 Samuel chapter 2, we find a man that paid the ultimate price with his own life for God, for his king, and for his country. He is is a man by the name Abishel. I would like to preach this morning on this thought, the memorial, the memorial for a mighty man. We don't see much in the chapters about this life, about Abishel. So why would you call him a mighty man? Why would you say this man's such a mighty man if you don't see much? It's not a whole chapter dealing with this man because in 2 Samuel Samuel chapter 23 and verse 24 gives a chronicle list of David's mighty men. And guess who's the first one on that list is Abishel. They followed David. They walked after David. They fight for David. And they were exiled with David in the days of Saul. 
The Bible said they were mighty men. You ought to read 2 Samuel chapter 23 about these uh, accounts of these mighty men. They were amazing men. I, I mean the acts, the feats that uh, uh, they took part in, the obstacles and the adversaries they fought and had many victories. You ought to read that account because it, it, it gives you a, an idea that these men were mighty men because they were following David and David was following God. But here in 2 Samuel chapter 2, Asherah, the man was a mighty man and he was finding this story of his death. His death in battle. I want you to notice at the end of verse 23. The Bible said there he fell and died. The Bible said as many have come to the place where Asherah had fall, fell and he died, they they stood still. Now that phrase stood still carries more than the idea of going, well, yeah, that's, that's where he died. Yeah, that's where he met the end. It, it carries more than an idea of that. In fact, it carries the military term where they come to the spot where he fell and died that they come to the attention and they mourn and, and think and they moralize the man there. It's more than just coming to the spot. It's coming to moralize a man, a mighty man. So they come and salute him at the spot where he died. It's interesting to me that there were other people in the battle. There were other men in the battle and there were other people that were dying in this battle. Many people died that day. Yet none of them gathered or gained the respect or the honor that Asherah did. If you read the story, you'll find that many of the men who are losing their life on this day, that they're also dying in the battlefield. The Bible said that there was only one man that when they came to the spot where he fell, they came to attention, they stood still. There was something about the life of Abishel that warned and measured and honor and reverence and made people notice and say, there is something different about that man. There's something different about him than all the others this morning. When you draw your last breath, when you cross from this world to the next, I wonder if there will be anybody that will look back in your life and come to attention and say, that was a man of God. That was a woman of God. That person lived for the Lord. That person did something different in their life. Their lives changed people. They changed others. They impacted other people. They helped some people. They changed somebody. They ministered to somebody. They had a testimony that they were godly with people. There was something about their life that makes me want to stand in attention and say thank you 
for what you did in your lifetime. What kind of a moral will your life live? When it's all said and done, what are they going to say about you this morning? Will they come by and say, hey, that was a man of God. So I want to preach this morning just for a little while, the memorial of this mighty man. And I wonder this morning, what made them stand still? It, I'm curious. What, what made them stand still at the spot where this man died? They looked at this guy and said, he's exceptional. What is it about this guy's life that said, hey, let's, let's play our specs right here. Let me show you some things that I believe that can take part in our lives this morning as we live through our life, as we walk this journey with God. That people will come by and say, when I pass off this scene, they'll come and say, and say, hey, thank God for that person in my life. What is it that made him special? First of all, he was related to the king. You say, how do you know that? He's related to David. Look at verse 18. And there were three sons of Zariah. There were Joab, Abishai, Asherah. Over and over in the Bible is mentioned when they're talking about the sons of people. They don't, uh, they don't uh, say the sons of this. Or they, they say the, the sons of this man, the sons of the father. It's always mentioned that way. Throughout the Bible, it's always mentioned the sons of the father, the sons of the father over and over. But here, it is different. They say they're the sons of Zariah. Why? Because he was the mother. They list them as the, the sons of their mother. Why would they do that? Throughout the Bible, they were always say the son of this man, the son of that man. Why would they say that? Because in 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 16, that is the sister of David. This woman, Sarai, is the sister of King David. These boys are the nephew of King David. They are kin to the king. They are related to the king. You want to know what the first thing that stands out to me? On why people stood still when they got to that place, they said, that boy is kin to royalty. That boy is related to the king. He had fellowship with the king. He was family with the king. He was friendship with the king. And anybody that's a family with the king, they are worth remembering. They are worth being called out. Their life is really remarkable. Let me say this. The greatest memorial that anybody in here this morning can leave is not your bank account, not how much money you can leave your kids, uh, not how big of the house, uh, how big of the car. The greatest uh, memorial that anybody in here can leave this morning is saying, hey, he's related to the king. He has fellowship with the king. He has friendship with the king. He's a friend. He's fellowship. He is related to the king this morning. The greatest memorial you can leave to your family, the next generations that come home, that you had a memorial that you had a relation to the king.
of kings and Lord of lords this morning. He had relationship to king. Do you realize outside of David, maybe Joseph is the greatest picture and type of Jesus Christ in all the Old Testament? He is the picture of our king of kings and lord of lords. And one reason why they remembered and this fellow memorialized him, they said he was kin. He is related to the king today. I think the greatest thing anybody can leave behind their family this morning is knowing that mama and knowing that daddy is saved and on the way to heaven. I, I think that maybe you know ought to know that your children are saved, born again, and on the way to heaven. I've preached a lot of funerals, a lot more in my lifetime than I wished I've had. But I know that if the Lord come back soon, if he doesn't come back soon, there's going to be a time I'm going to be laying right there. There's going to be times that people are going to pass by me. I, I don't don't want them to say, hey, uh, uh, look what he left behind. Uh, he had this and he had that. No, I want to come by and say, hey, that was a man of God. He served God. He was faithful to God. He walked with God. I don't care what else you say, but you say, I was faithful to God. I'm related to the king of kings. Are you? Are you this morning? Can you say beyond a shadow of doubt I'm related to the king. I know the king. I have fellowship with king. I walk with the king this morning. Amen. And God does tarry. I'll have to preach some more funerals. I don't like preaching funerals. Especially for those I have no idea why they left this world and how they lived their lives. I remember the very first funeral I, lived, I preached. I knew the man. I knew his lifestyle. I knew what he was. I knew what he stood for. It's not easy. It's not easy. But I know those that I preached the funerals that I knew where they were at and I, I knew they served God. I knew they had fellowship with the king. I knew they walked with God. They, they talked with God. They had a relationship. Those funerals, I don't mind preaching. They're born again. They're in the family of God. The greatest grace that you can live behind for your grace memorial that you can have is that you are a personal related to the king of kings this morning. I, I may not look like much to you. I may just be old gray-headed country preacher up here, but I can tell you what, I am related to the king of kings this morning. I have friendship with the king this morning. I walk with the king. I serve the king. I have close friendship, relationship with the king this morning. I'm kin to him. I'm in the family this morning. Thank God I'm in the family this morning. I'm not related to any princes down here. I'm not related to any royalty down here. There are not many good people in my family history. If you go back through my... I'm not related to them, but I, I am related to the king this morning. I am a family in the family of God, and he owns everything. And he's still sitting on the throne this morning. He's still sitting on the throne. 
You say, how in the world, preacher, can you be related to king? How can you be related to royalty? There's only three ways you can be related to royalty. You can only wait three ways you can get into a family this morning. If you're going to be ready to, related to the king this morning, you've got to be birthed in. You've got to be birthed in. Thank God I got birthed in. Or, or you've got to be brought in. You gotta be brought in. Everybody knows about adoptions. Everybody knows about that. When you see somebody that's been cast aside and their child's been cast aside and the people don't want them no more and their family come by and see them, says they have pity on them, they have, they have uh, sorrow for them, they love them, and they adopt them and they bring them into their family and they become part of that family. Thank God I was adopted into family. And you know the only other way that you can get into a family you can get in by birthing in. You can get in by brought in. Or you can get in by beloved in. Beloved in. I looked at my wife and I said, Lord loves you. I'm going to love you into my family. But the only way you can get into a family today is be loved in, beloved in. Amen. Uh, thank God I got beloved in. Uh, thank God he sent his son down to die on the cross and he loved me so much that he said, hey, I'm going to bring you into the family of God. I'm in the family of God this morning. I've been, I've been birthed in. I've been brought in. I've been beloved in this morning. Boy, you can't get no better than that. You can't. I mean, it's great to be birthed into family. Amen. Praise God. And, and sometimes we don't get to choose the family. We get birthed in first birth. Amen. Oh, but praise God. That second birth, I knew what I was getting into. I know where I was going. I know what I was facing. I am related to the King of Kings this morning. You say, what? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Let me just say this. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then you ain't in the family. Because let me just say this. If you're in the family, you'll be able to remember the date, time, place that you were birthed into the family. If what I'm saying to you is foreign to you, uh, let mark it down this morning. You're not in the family. Because you ever meet this king, you ever meet him, and, and you get into the family, you'll know that you're a child of the God. You're the child of the king. You'll know that. You say, well, I, I don't, I, I've never felt that way. But let me just say this. Then you're not in the family of God. You haven't been birthed in. You haven't been loved in. And you have not been brought in. But as we study in through Isaiah, there's always an outstretched hand. There's always an outstretched hand. God is wanting to bring you into the family. So, so when, when they passed Eshenel's uh, place where he died, where he passed away, where he died at, they, they stood still because he was related to the king. He was related to the king. Can I say I don't deserve to be in the family? I wasn't worthy to be in the family, but thank God he brought me in to the family. 
You realize Ashanel, he wasn't good enough to be in the family of the king. But God graciously put him in this family. And I'm glad that I am in a family this morning. The greatest memorial you could ever leave those is that you're related to the king this morning. Do you have a relationship with the king this morning? Do you ever get related to him? You're tapped in. I mean, the, the, the relationship, the Son of God, you're tapped in everything that he's privy to. The Bible says, I am an heir of God. Join heirs with Jesus Christ this morning. In other words, everything that Jesus gets this morning, I get. Amen. Everything that Jesus is getting, I'm getting. Why? Because I'm in the family. During Bloody Mary. Anybody remember Queen Mary? Got the nickname of Bloody Mary because she went around killing all those pre-Baptist Protestants. Didn't want to believe the way they were believing. And I think it says she, uh, she actually killed up, up over 300 people because they, did, they wouldn't recant. They wouldn't serve the way she served. And, and it was a decree that they could, they, they did, if they caught you going to worship outside their worship, they will kill you. They'll take you and, and burn you at the stake. This woman got up one morning and said she was going to the church. And there was meeting in secret. And as she stepped out her door, she started with the kids. She saw the queen's guard. She said, oh, no. Oh, no. They're, they're going to ask me where I'm going. She says, Lord, I, I don't want to lie. It's not right. I, I don't want to lie. The Lord, you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to help me. So as they're going, sure enough, the queen's guards come by and stop. and say, hey, where are you going? She says, I'm going to my father's house. Why, why are you going to your father's house? Well, the elder brother passed away. And they're reading the wheel today. And, and, and I got a, got a feeling I'm kind of mentioned in the wheel. And, and the guard says, go ahead, go ahead. And as, as the time passed on, the guards got to think, well, something fishy about that. Something very fishy about that. So they, they went back to the place where they found her and they knocked on the door and they banged on the door. She came to the door and says, Hey, let me ask you, how did it go today? She said, You won't believe this? He left everything to me. Praise God. Amen. Are you related to the king this morning? Can you say beyond a shadow of doubt that you are related to the king this morning? They reverence him. They moralized him because he was a member of the king's family. I like this. Not only did he remember him because he was part of the king's family, but because he ran consistently. He ran consistently. Verse number 19. I love this. And I shall pursue that to Abner. And he's going, he turned not to the right hand nor to the left hand from following Abner. Look at the last part of verse 21. But Ashel would not turn aside from following him. He, he was consistent. The first part of verse 23. Howbeit he refused to turn aside. I'll tell you what else make this man, fellow mighty man. He ran a race of consistency. You see what it says? He did not turn from the right hand or the left hand. He didn't stop running. He didn't get his eyes off the prize. 
He didn't start running out in the woods and looking for this, looking for that, got just straight out in the wilderness. No, I'm sure because Abner said, why don't you go and take this young man's armor? In other words, why don't you leave me alone and get off my trail? There's all kinds of stuff happening around Abner. There's all kinds of things happening around in this battle. But he ran with consistency this morning. You know what really sidetracks a lot of Christians from being all they should be or could be for Christ? Because they have absolutely no faithfulness or consistency. They run for a little while. They serve for a little while. They excited for a little while. It's enjoyable for a little while. But I'll tell you this, the longer you run the race with God, you're going to find out it ain't always going to be easy. It's going to take, it ain't going to always be fun. There's going to be people that try to stop you. They're going to mock you. There are folks that will try to get you to turn from one side to the other side. that make your mind up right now. I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize. I'm not going to the left. I'm not going to the right. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to run with God. I'm going to run the race and do what God has called me to do. Wherefore, seeing also compressed about so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every sin and weight that so easily besets us. And let us run the race with the set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for who enjoyed was set at before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. Do you know what Paul said? What Paul told the Galatian church? Ye did run well. Mm. I'd hate somebody look at me and say, well, you did run well. You you ran pretty good. I I could go to a lot of people I know and say, you did run well, but who hindered you? Who hindered you? Paul said, you did run well, but who hindered you? He said, you start out the gates real good. You got out that fast track and you was running, you was having fun, you was shouting, you was praising God, but who hindered you? I find out more often than not, it's a who that hinders you rather than a what. The Bible said, be not deceived, evil communication, corrupt good manners. You know what will trip up a child of God? Getting hooked up with the wrong people this morning. You get yourself hooked up with somebody that's not like-minded with you, not serving God with you, like walking with God like you. Uh, it's going to trip you up, uh, and it won't take long. They're going to pull you away from God. Let me just say, when you get hooked up with the wrong people, wrong. He ran with consistency. I didn't say he ran a perfect life. Instead of consistent life. Listen, if God tarries, and I go by the way of grave, and when my family passes by, the shell old body laying here, my soul is gone to the glory world, they'll be able to say, He wasn't perfect. And they know that. And you probably know it by now. But He was consistent. 
We don't have to ask what he's going to do on Sunday morning. We don't have to ask what he's going to do on Sunday night. We certainly don't have to ask where he's going to be at Wednesday night. We don't have to ask if he read his Bible. We don't have to ask if he's afraid. We know the race that he run, and he ran it consistent. The problem is we got so many people in and out, up and down, sideways. People are not running consistent anymore. As you call them, wishy-washies. If, you, if you're going to be in the family of God, if you're going to have relationship with the king, you're going to have to have some consistency about you. He finished the race the same way he started the race. He would not turn aside one way or the other. He had set his eyes on the prize and said, I'm going for it. I'm not going to turn away from it. I'm going to keep going. May we be like him. Lord, I'm not going to turn away. My eyes are set on the prize. I'm not going to turn to the left hand or the right hand. I'm not going to look back. And you got too many backwalkers today. That means when they come up to something, they start walking backwards. Start walking backwards. He, he was consistent. Look at verse 23. Howbeit he refused to turn aside, wherefore Abner with his hinder end of the spear spoke to him under the fifth rib that his spear came out behind him. Can I say he was not a coward? He was not a coward. He was not running away from the fight. He was running to the fight. He was facing the duty boldly that was set before him. God gives to us and Christians that are not looking to retreat or backwalk just because the world starts to mocking them, making fun of them, just because the heat is on. Oh no, onward Christian soldier. Do you realize the arm of God this morning gives you nothing, absolutely nothing for the protection to your backside? God doesn't want his people to turn around and run. God doesn't want his people to back up and walk away. But God says, I give you and prepare you to keep going on and on and on. He wasn't a coward. We got too many Christians just when the heat is on. Oh, no. I don't want that part. Or when... The, when <laughs> Or when the family starts making fun of them, you go to church all the time. Why, certainly. Ain't that just a shame? You could be out on the boat with us at the lake catching. I know you love golfing. You could be out on that golf course out there having a wonderful time. I know I can. And I, I, I know I could do that. I know I could go fishing. I know I can go golfing. But you know what? My eyes are set. My eyes are set before me. I'm not looking at the pleasures of this world. I'm not looking to things of this world. I'm not looking to people of this world. My eyes are set before me. I know whom I belong to. I know where I'm going. I know what's set before me. Onward, Christian soldier. He was part of the royalty. He was part of the family. He ran consistent. May we run consistent with God. He was removed from the king's city. Look at verse number 32. 
And they took up Abishel and buried him in the sepulcher of his father, which was in Bethlehem. What do you mean the king of the city? Do you know where David is from? The Bible said he was a Bethlehemite from Bethlehem. When his tour of duty was over, when he hung up his sword, they took him to the city of the king. His body's rested at the city of the king, where the king came from. You may ask, what in the world does that got to do with us? Well, if you're related to the king, praise God, I will tell you, when you are heading for one of these days, uh, when they come blow taps for me, uh, when they lay me to rest in this world, I'm heading to a city, a city of the king. Uh, It's the same city that the king came from when Jesus came. It wasn't in Bethlehem. That was not his first life. That was not his only life. I'm going to his first, uh, his home in glory land. I'm headed to the city of the king. Uh, When you lay me down here, they're going to memorialize me here, but praise God, I'm going to the city of my father. Praise God. Well, there'll never be another night. There'll never be another battle. Well, there'll never be another death. Well, there'll never be another heartache, another tear, never another disappointment, a separation, a discouragement. I'm heading to the city of the great king. I wonder, are you going with me this morning? Well, your memorial to your family will be they know exactly, exactly where you're at. I've heard this said all my life. I've even said it. People pass away at funerals or talking to somebody later on. And I've said it myself. Well, I lost my dad in 2000. I lost my aunt in 2011. I got to think about that. They were born again. They were saved. I, I ain't losing them. I know exactly where they're at. <laughs> I, I didn't lose my daddy in 2000. My daddy just went home. He just went home. And, and you know what? I didn't lose him. He's at home waiting on me to get there. You know, your, your family, you wait on, you wait on family. Say, well, family's coming over today. I'm waiting on them. That's what my daddy's doing. He said, I'm waiting on my son. <laughs> He's he going to get here any time soon. I'm waiting. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stay right here and wait on him. Amen. Amen. We don't lose them. We, we, if you know they're born again, a child of God, you know. Don't say we've lost them because you ain't lost them. They're just at home waiting for you to get there. Waiting at home. Do you have a relationship with the Father this morning? Do you know and beyond a shadow of doubt that if you walked out of this world today that we'll be able to say, that was a man of God. That was a woman of God. They wasn't perfect, but Lord, they ran consistent with God. They served God. They walked with God. They loved God. We ain't lost them. We just letting them go home now. Someday I'll meet with them. I gather together with them in heaven. We'll sing the joys of life. We can remember about old times. The Bible says you'll be known as you are in heaven. I'm so glad of that. I'm so glad of that. 
Do you, do you know Him this morning? Can you say, hey, I have a relationship with the Father this morning. My run with Him is exactly what God wants me to be doing. I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm serving Him the way He wants me to serve Him. You say, well, I, I don't know if I have a relationship with the Father. Let me just say, if you don't know, if you have doubts, you have any doubts about your relationship with the Father this morning, mark it down, you ain't got one. You ain't got one. Because if you got one, you, you'll be able to say, praise the Lord, I'm in the family. But thank God he's got his arms outstretched waiting for you to come. You want to get into the family? You can be birthed into the family. You can be brought into the family. You can be beloved in the family. Just like the rest of us. Let us stand this.